You're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to die on that bridge. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Hello Brandon. and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Sergio. Yes, that happened. So, uh, Hello and hello. welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Sergio. This is the final episode of hello one of our new franchises that we're running. Welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Sergio. Hi, Sergio. We're not going to... How come I can't start off? Do you want to start off? Yes. Okay. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Sergio. And I'm Brennan. And today we're here to wrap up our series on of unfortunate events uh-huh. known as the Final Destination franchise. I mean, really, that is a good alternate title for these movies. Yeah, sad things happened. Some might say they were unfortunate. Yeah. They were definitely events. I certainly would. Um, but before we uh, go into that, why don't we do some 10-word reviews of movies we watched in the last week? Ready or not, here I come. <laughs> so beginning with the list, ready or <laughs> I not. I came. Uh, ready or not, proof that generic conventions can still be fun. Oh, and mine is not a patch on your next, but still good fun. Mm-hmm. The Hustle. Proof that generic conventions need more than good intentions. <laughs> uh, mine is hackneyed and tiresome right out the gate, despite solid leads. Yeah, they were good ladies, weren't they? Real good ladies. We love ladies here. We do. Ladies only. Capital L. Sure. Um, <laughs> here <laughs> so we're here to uh, review uh, 2011's Final Destination 5. Here's the plot. Death is just as omnipresent as ever. This sounds like a, like a Disney movie. Um... <laughs> And is unleashed after one man's premonition saves a group of co-workers from a terrifying suspension bridge collapse. But this group of unsuspecting souls was never supposed to survive. And in a terrifying race against time, the ill-fated group frantically tries to discover a way to escape death's sinister agenda. I was trying to say fanatically, but I was like, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually reading that synopsis actually made me realize something I hadn't thought about. What was it, Brennan? Which is that this group of people... Um, I mean, I guess this has happened a couple times, um, but is a group of people that specifically knew each other before the event that happened. Oh yeah, they were just friends. They were coworkers. But they they were friendly coworkers. Some of them were dating. Some of them, and some of them hated each other. Actually, too many of them were dating. I would say for yeah. for a good work environment. <laughs> this work, it has been mentioned, had no H, had no functioning HR department. It had no teeth. Absolutely not. Um. Yeah, I mean, in the first one, I guess they were all high school. You know what? This happens multiple times. Never mind. Only in part two and part four do they not know each other before the event. Mm-hmm. But regardless, things that I thought was interesting. Moving on, we rate our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality out of five. What's your scariness score for Final Destination? Five. Two. Two? Yes. Me too. Okay, why? Um. Well, I think this movie, you know, it... It, you know, it's the fourth sequel in the franchise. So yes, these are facts. Oh my God. Yeah. So we have the diminishing returns element that we've been kind of talking about in the last ones where like you kind of, you know what to expect from these, Mm -hmm. but this movie I think really pumps up the like thrills and spills. So there are just little gags here and there where I was still kind of like shaking in my seat and kind of, you know, like if I had popcorn, it would be like flying into the air. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you you feel this movie. It's very tactile. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, it gets a rise out of you. Mm-hmm. 
I was surprised that they could still make some of the deaths still seem new. Oh yeah, no, there are some really really great death setups in this. Are we are we thinking of the gymnast one? I'm thinking of the gymnast one. Yeah. Yeah, where a little screw falls like point up on the balance beam, and you're watching her feet like just barely avoid it. Uh huh. And then you're like, oh, okay, she's gonna make it out just fine, right? Clearly, she this is not meant for her, mm-hmm. and the screw was not meant for her foot. It was meant for the other girl's foot. Um, the girl who uh, was she the one that knocked down the like balance beam powder or whatever? Yeah. And then it caused the fan to like blow it up, and then the smoke went in the air, and then she lost her balance, I guess, while on the pole vault. Uh. Some bar, yeah. some gymnast bar or whatever. Yeah, it was not a pole vault. She was spinning around on the mm-hmm. bar. Uh, the monkey bar. And then she just went kerplat. Yeah, she pretzeled herself. <laughs> she went kerplat. And uh-huh. it was just, it was almost anticlimactic in a way, I think. Because it was just so, like, almost lame. Like, yeah, she didn't get nails blasted into her face. Uh-huh. She it's didn't just lose. her body doing something to itself. Yeah, it was just like a trick that went awry. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of sad. And it so was uneventful. Sad. Also, maybe this maybe this is shows that I'm a sociopath or something, but the person I feel the most for is that second gymnast who gets the nail in her foot. Mm-hmm. She survives. She's fine. I mean, we never hear from her again, so maybe she died of gangrene or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but just if uh, that gymnast girl had not thwarted death's design, this other girl's foot would be totally fine. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> well, to be fair to her, at least she has a blife. True, a blife. Mm-hmm. Are you making fun of the way I said life? Yeah. Okay, that's just mean. <laughs> You're right, I'm sorry. Um, anything <laughs> else? Um, um, other deaths that were frightening. Um, one that is freaky to me, only because I've wa- I've considered doing it, is for those of you who don't know, I have a, a terrible body that it just it hurts all the time. <laughs> and I feel like acupuncture would be the best way to like make it hurt less because who the fuck has time to eat right and go to the gym? Uh-huh. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> okay. Um, so acupuncture, I've considered it. Um, and uh, PJ Burns' death really made me not consider it. Yeah, where he falls face down on the acupuncture needles. Uh-huh. It just uh, like just... buries into his skin. Yeah, that was that was that, that was, was painful. That's a bunch of nails. That's like that that gymnast's foot nail. Why didn't you feel anything for PJ Byrne? No, I felt. I mean, look, the, the man was a disgusting beast of a man, mm-hmm. and I hated the character. But no, I felt I felt the revulsion of that. Okay, good. Um, but I'm just just in terms of scariness, I'm more scared. For, I mean, gore scares you. It doesn't really scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more scared for the, you know, in the tension moments of like them narrowly avoiding it or not really knowing that they're avoiding it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this movie is really good at setting up the stakes of what's going on. Like it's in really simple ways, but I, I, I think when I think about this, I think about what Tom Savini tried to do in the burning um, during the, I think of that too, Brennan. Uh-huh. No, during the raft. My boy, Tom. Oh my God. Yeah. No, but during the raft massacre, when um, Cropsey is plowing through all the kids with the uh, garden shears, before he hits anyone with the shears, um, he nicks like the side of one of the rafts, and you see the actual metal shears like dig into the wood, and that is supposed to prove to the viewer's eye and mind that these are real shears. So when you see you know the fake shears going through fake faces, it feels real. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie, this movie, I think, does a really good job at setting that kind of thing up. Mm-hmm. Like you get this sense of how far the drop from the bridge would be. 
because there's a part early on where a bucket falls through a hole in the bridge and you just watch it fall into the water mm-hmm. and it just they're really good at setting up like how drastic these things are going to be mm-hmm. and just how painful it's going to be for the people involved that's a fair point thank you is tom savini related to chloe savini at all not at all it's spelled completely differently okay Maybe she wanted to change her name so, you know, you wouldn't put two and two together. But also she kept the idea the same because white people be like that. (laughs) I really, I feel like um, this episode is really driving home to me, like how funny you are and how I really am the straight man in this podcast and how upsetting that is to me. Hey, you know, you work with what you got. Yeah. What you got is heterosexual nonsense. What? Oh, straight. Okay, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. So, anything else that was scary? Did you find the LASIK death scary? Because that one was something else. That, I mean, a laser burning through the eyeball. Like, that's In intense. her hand. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. And then she fucking falls out the window. Like, again, another... <laughs> death was funny. Actually, yeah. Well, that's a good transition to campiness. But let me talk about my other scariness really quick. Um, this, I think, is the... The premonition of the bridge collapse is, I think, one that we get to spend the most time watching the characters try to survive. Because mm-hmm. especially like on the highway one, um, that one's just a you know a bunch of crashing. Everyone in, just dies. Yeah, and in the racetrack one, people are running away, but they're just getting crushed or whatever. Uh-huh. But this one, they're really putting a lot of effort into surviving. Mm-hmm. They're like crossing this kind of metal balance beam type thing across a chasm. They're hanging onto this gate. Um, this railing that's, like, hanging off the bridge. They're jumping over, like, broken bridge. Yeah, there's, like, lots of process to their survival in the premonition part. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really, you know, it has a lot of energy to it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so this this transition that I have forgotten. What were we transitioning to campiness? Uh, the girl with the LASIK. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because she falls out the window, and her eyeball falls out, and then it gets run over by a car. <laughs> Just... Death adding insult to injury. <laughs> yeah, Death was like, this is what you get for thinking you could outsmart me. Mm-hmm. Tony Todd told me where you were at. I knew. Yeah. Oh, man. So great. W- what's your score for campiness? Um, three. Me too. I think because the movie, like you said, it does a good job of establishing like the stakes and making it seem like these deaths could like, not that they it could exist in the real world, but that, that they... Um, it sets up the impact of them Yeah That it kind of takes away From the playfulness of it Having said that It's still like A Final Destination movie And the deaths are still bonkers And that okay. girl's in particular Was pretty funny No it's still a very Playful movie Like And uh, we we get the You know Obligatory Like 180 references Like the um, Nicholas D'Agosto Who's the star of this one <laughs> It's probably D'Agosto I don't know I don't know how to pronounce it But I say Who Like it's care? a ghost because it's a scary movie. He's probably given up acting already. No, I don't think so. He's like around probably. Really? Um, he was really around in 2011. He was the you know the bland love interest in From Prada to Nada. Um, oh know. yes, how could I forget? <laughs> Whatever. Um, With a description like that, the bland interest, they're the bland love interest in From Prada to Nada. Whatever. I think he was a, a, a blind date with someone on an episode of Happy Endings. And I was like, it's that guy from Final Destination 5. Wasn't Happy Endings canceled like years ago? Yeah. Your point. He's on that show Trial and Error. There's a show called Trial and Error? Yeah. Is it about like legal proceedings? Because I'll watch it if it's that. Yeah. I love me a good Law and Order show. 
Yeah. Okay. But it's like funny. John Lithgow is in it. Why is he in it? Because jokes. He's also on Gotham as Two-Face. Okay. Never mind. I was mean to him. We should learn to pronounce his name. I'm sorry, Mr. Agosto or Ag- whatever. Nobody knows. Um, the answer has been lost to Senor time. Agosto. But anyway, the uh, the restaurant that he works at, which, okay, I'm so confused. As first to what all, his job is? Yeah. I'm, first, I'm first of all confused by anyone's job. I'm like, what is Emma Bell? What is her job? Like the girlfriend Which one of was Emma Bell? Um, the girlfriend of Nicholas D'Agosto. Um, oh. The blonde girl who just yeah. like cries in the office. Yeah. And she's like, it's so hard without the people here. And I'm like, what is your job? They're selling paper. It's a paper company. It really, look, it's a paper company that David Keckner works at. It's Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. It's Dunder Mifflin Corporate. Yeah, and there's a guy named Roy who works in the factory warehouse thing. He got promoted to corporate. Good for him. Um, what are we talking? Oh yeah, so the the restaurant that he also works at, I guess on the side, um, is called like something dumb, like Le Cafe Renault eighty one or something. Uh-huh. But backwards it says one eighty. Um, so yeah, I don't. Know, you got that playful final destination thing, and there's a joke that I kind of like. Well, the just completely irritating Isaac character is getting a massage at this uh, Chinese massage parlor and he's like demanding a happy ending and like ogling all the women's butts and boobs and he's just being a disgusting horn dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a part where the Chinese masseuse comes in and starts speaking in Chinese to him. Um, I guess Chinese isn't technically a language. It's the two other languages. There's Mandarin and the other one. Cantonese? Cantonese. It's one of those, probably. I think there's more than just those two dialects, but... Okay, I'm just trying to be woke, because I don't think Chinese actually is a thing as a language. Okay. Anyway, she is speaking in a language he does not understand. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, and he's like, oh, do you come with subtitles? And it's like a dumb joke. Mm-hmm. But then after he asks, su- we get subtitles and everything that she says. Yeah. And I just feel like that's a movie's like little middle finger to Isaac, because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm going to let them know what she's saying, but not you, fool. Yeah. That was a really, I liked her. She was funny. And then she like did not take any crap from him because she threw his body where she wanted it to go. She like cracked every bone in his body and I can feel it. We stand us a working masseuse. Oh yeah. And it helped. Mm -hmm. He started to feel better. Mm -hmm. And then he died. Good riddance. RIP. Anyway, what's your effect score? My effect score is going to be four. It sounded like your soul left your body. I wanted to think about it for a second because I was on the cusp between a three and a four, mm-hmm. and I decided to go with a four. And we agree again. Boo. Um, yeah, I'm also giving it a four. Um, we've already talked a little bit about the deaths, but was there like a gore moment that is sticking out in your mind? No. <laughs> okay. Um, sure. Um <laughs> The one that I think of is Roy's death. Oh, yeah, because this movie adds a little wrinkle um, of if you kill someone, you get the remaining time that they would have lived out in their life. Yep. Um, and the guy who is who has kind of been promoted to, like, foreman of the factory accidentally kills um, someone. But, like, he's trying to push him out of the way of a hook, but the panel beneath him falls through, mm-hmm. and his head gets impaled on the hook. And just in this little nasty little 
Another little middle finger on the movie's part is like you see his head impaled on the hook and then it slides down just a little bit more and you see it poke through his skull mm-hmm. and it's super gross. It's like when uh, Melissa McCarthy vomits on the body of the man she's just murdered and impaled. In Spy. In Spy. Where it's like, oh, this is just unnecessarily mean. Yeah. What a great scene in Spy. Yeah. Let's, re- let's watch that. We should. That's the true Final Destination. Sure. Um, but no, that's one that's, that stands out to me. I feel like if I were to arrive anywhere Mel- where Melissa McCarthy was at, that would be my final destination. Like I could live. Yeah, I you're could, like I'm done. I'm in the place where I need to be. Yeah, I'd have one of those like beautiful moments that they're always having like on like rom coms. Sure. Like, this is where I'm meant to be. In this in this moment. Mm-hmm. You you step off the bus with your bags. The sun yeah. is shining. Birds are tweeting. Yeah, I have like a lot of flowing hair and one of them big ass hats. Yeah. You know the floppy hats. Yeah. Yeah. And a cat. You carrying a cat? Yeah, this okay. is, it's a very, it's a very furry cat. Great. Okay, on a bus. This is a bad idea. Anyway, Brennan, so what? Don't ruin my fantasy. Okay. Um, there's a really extended gross scene of Isaac pulling one of the uh, acupuncture needles out of his chest, which is real gross. And I don't know why he doesn't try with the other ones, but I guess that one was really bothering him. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, and that also drives home that this movie has a lot more practical effects than part four did because that was very, you know, Mm -hmm. layered over with CGI. One, like the thing that freaked me out the most about this movie was when Homegirl was getting LASIK Uh and she needed to have those. uh, I'm not going to remember her name now or ever. I just did for you right now. Okay. So she has these contraptions in her contraptions. Contraptions. Yeah, contraptions. Yeah. Um, you know, just the word don't is in her eye. Um, <laughs> so contraptions in her eye, like keeping it open so that the LASIK can happen. Uh-huh. And it's like the me, clockwork orange machine. Yes. Thank you. Perfect reference. Um, uh, a perfect example for a podcast, which is an audio medium. Yep. Um, so, yeah. yeah those, I described it with my words. That's exactly how you're supposed to do it. Brennan, I'm failing at words right now. Look, we're both extremely tired. It's been a long day. <laughs> So when that's in her eye, that really did get me because I was like, oh, that's so disgusting and so makes my skin crawl. And I'm so happy that I have 20-20 vision because I cannot Mm. see myself ever doing that to myself. No, yeah, eye stuff is intense. This movie definitely goes for the intensity Mm -hmm. of like, you know, the the foot fear of like the nail in your foot Mm -hmm. because that that is a pain or a fear that everybody knows about Mm -hmm. of like stepping on a piece of glass Mm -hmm. or a i don't know a a pin on the Mm -hmm. ground or like whatever Mm -hmm. like that's something that most people have experienced yeah um and the obviously a lasik machine going haywire and shooting lasers into your eye is not something that everyone's experienced Mm -hmm. but that isn't just eye trauma is in level of gore intimacy that yeah. is just really traumatizing. I think the basis for the deaths in this one are probably a little bit more realistic than some of the other ones. Some of the middle middle ones? Yeah, because some of the earlier ones are pretty, like, extravagant in the way that they die. Yeah. You know, you know, they use a blender and it turns out it's on fire and the microwave explodes and this mm. happens and that happens and... Somehow you end up getting hit by a spaceship or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the deaths are crazy. Uh, but in this one, you can kind of see like them having happening in reality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people who go to LASIK probably do have that fear. You know, I who have considered acupuncture do think that the needles going into my skin are probably well, yeah. going to leave some kind of trauma. That is true. Me. Like it is an it is an exaggeration of real fears mm-hmm. of just like giving you the absolute worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. 
And it's possible that the other movies had that too. I mean, all death is based, like all fear of death is based on like the reality of death. Yeah. So that's just like a truth. Um, but I feel like for these, it was probably much more subtle, probably because their budget was a lot more smaller. So they didn't get to do all those crazy effects. Um, Maybe, but, but the, the effects are all good. Uh, but it was more effective. And I thought it was better than the last one, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, that's doubtless, even though I do like the last one. Um, but no, I think you're really, you're hitting on something there. With the sense that, because I mean, the Final Destination movies at their core, or at least in the in the what they choose for the premonitions, it's all based on real, like everyday fears that someone's gonna have. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one really does run with it. Um, yeah. Oh, and I I keep thinking about like in the more Rube Goldbergy depths, the true villain of this franchise is water. Because it's always like someone leaves a cup of water and it sweats onto a socket mm-hmm. and shorts something out. Mm-hmm. And just don't drink any water and you will live in these movies. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, for the gymnast's death, we thought that water leaking from some kind of air vent was going to lead to like her getting electrocuted or whatever. Yeah, because there was like a bald wire on a like power cord that was on the floor. Yeah, sure enough, it was a fucking fake out. <laughs> yep. She dropped her, wa- her, her towel. Just there, I guess. Yeah, also rude. Who's picking that up? Oh, not her. Uh, and then I guess it, she lived to see another four minutes. <laughs> she sure did. Um, so what's your quality <laughs> score? Um, I'm giving it, you know, because it's the last one, and I liked how they wrapped it up at the end. Uh-huh. I'm giving it a five. What? Yeah. Me too. Shut the fuck up. You're giving it a five? Yeah. Uh, lame. Or, I know we need we we need some disagreements so we can have more interesting conversations. This podcast is becoming too much of a group think, and I don't like that. Yeah, well, the thing is, we still we're agreeing on the numbers, but I feel like we still disagree on the points that we're making within the numbers. So I think uh-huh. it's fine. Yeah, I see your point. You do. Oh no, well now you agree, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the one time I want you to disagree with me. You don't have to disagree with me while we're hanging out in our apartment like you do all the time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, but no, this movie is so fun. It it really wholeheartedly embraces, you know, the final destination ethos. The final twist plus ending gag is so delightful. Uh huh. Um, what did you think of the the twist in the end? We are obviously spoiling this movie, but oh, the twist in the end that it's revealed that it's actually a prequel. Yeah. Um, I thought that was insane. I did not see that coming. Yeah, and then they get on the flight to Paris, and it's flight 180 with, and you see like a little clip of like Devin Sawa and his friends getting off the plane. Yeah, that was a fun like kernel of of movie. Oh yeah, and did did it even occur to you that it could have been set in 2000? No. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing: they laid all, they gave you all the clues. Because, like, when, when the girlfriend drives up, she's listening to Everclear, which is something people only did in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone has little flip phones. What was their song? Was their song, like, Superman? I'm your Superman. No. Just to hold you in. I don't know what the fuck I'm singing. Go ahead, Brennan. want to make you laugh somehow. I can't put... I do any... That's I do anything by Simple Plan is what you're singing. Oh. Simple Plan, Superman. I guess. <laughs> it's in the clues, Brennan. Um, yeah, sure. Um... But no, and everyone has flip phones, and I'm thinking of Kryptonite. Yeah, by Three Doors Down. Still not. That's down. still not ever clear. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, they did Father of Mine, Santa Monica. Um, they did a, there's a story about a girl. 
Cry River no, that's, that's, the whole world. That's n- I think and they're called Nine Days. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> she looks so sad. Well, presumably she's looking sad. She's looking bad. <laughs> Smile, bitch. Is that why she's sad? Oh my god! <laughs> shut up. Um, so, okay. Um, you were saying. <laughs> I think this the twist of this movie is actually benefited by how many years it's been since the movie came out. Because you might forget that it like exactly how phones were in 2011. And you're like, oh, it's just old phones. Oh, he typed in Everclear in Google, and it's just showing up the alcohol called Everclear that yeah. the band is named after. Um, but yeah, I, oh, well, I've completely lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. No, time has definitely helped smooth over that twist because you might not be – you expect old phones to be in a slightly older movie. Uh-huh. Because um, we're a good, like, almost a decade out from this movie. That's uh-huh. weird. And I feel like – um, it's not uncommon to see certain people be hesitant to new technology too. In Sex in the City, one of the <laughs> most what? I'm I'm just ready for whatever you're gonna say. Well, Carrie has a flip phone, and that phone was released in the late 2000s during the age of smart. And it's like you know, she was like me, refusing to upgrade to new technologies. Yeah, as you true. like your way of life. You're so right. That was just me adding um, my, my my whatever. Go ahead, Brennan. Yeah. Also, um, the, the final gag of the movie is so fun because the one guy who survives um, is because he killed that the guy Roy in the factory. Mm-hmm. He got Roy's remaining life, so he's just kind of chilling at Roy's wake or whatever. That um, was funny. But then he finds out that Roy had this. He was basically gonna have an em- like an embolism in the next couple of days. Like he was gonna die because mm-hmm. he had like a exploded blood vessel or something. So he's like, he only had a couple days to live. And the dude's like, oh, shit. And then the engine block of Flight 180 crashes through the ceiling and crushes him. Yeah, that was fun. It's so fun. And then the credits start rolling and we get like uh, greatest hits. Or was oh, it yeah. all the hits of uh, all not the deaths? All, not all of the deaths, but just some of the best rendered in CGI. 3D, 3D CGI. Sure. What? It was 3D CGI. Sure. I mean, yeah. Like, um... Because this movie was actually released in 3D in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the effect of the like 3D renderings of the deaths is kind of strange on the 2D DVD. Like the, the image is in this smaller rectangle within the image. And they are like overlaying like weird like explosion effects to make it look 3D. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the v- images are like leaving the frame. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah, it was neat. It was fun. It was like okay. I mean, at some point you were kind of like bored with it. At least I was. But it was fun. Yeah, it was. It was a long montage. Yeah. And the it was just like the opening credits of this, where um like every name card that shows up gets exploded into glass or whatever. Uh-huh. But then at the end, it just kind of cycles through all the ones that they've already done. I'm like, we didn't need this. This is so pointless. Um, but still, great movie. Loved it. So mm-hmm. fun. I mm-hmm. love all of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a nice kernel. Not Colonel, a nice cherry that lets you know this was the last one. Yeah. Because it's rare that a final movie is actually the final one. Mm-hmm. And I do believe they're making a new Final Destination Are soon. They? Yeah. Oh, no. Why would they do that? That ruins this last one. Yeah. But we'd get to do another one. Wouldn't that be fun? I guess so. I'm ready for whatever Redbox has out in store for me. <laughs> uh-huh. You know that's a direct-to-Redbox kind of movie. No, it is not. Final Destination 6? Yeah, no. People will flock to it. Watch. What people? Me. Okay. And all my friends. Trace. <laughs> Trace is going to be like, you're on your own, buddy. No, he's not. I'm out here watching Crawl too. <laughs> Whatever. So, um, 
Well, this is the this is the end of an era. It's the end of our Final Destination franchise for now. Yes. So let's rank let's rank the ones that we did. Okay. Do so, Brennan, who starts off? Um, you can start off, and like always, like Drake, we'll start from the bottom, um, until we get here at okay. the top. Okay. So, starting at number five uh-huh. is the fourth film in the franchise. Totally fair. Um, objectively, the weakest one. But my number five is Final Destination Two. Which I had such fond memories of, um, but this rewatch, I was like, you know what? It's just not doing it for me. You didn't like ever Clear Waters. I love Clear Rivers, but she does nothing in this movie. Oh, okay. Um, I, it just it it just totally fell to the bottom on this rewatch. Yeah, I uh, can see that. Thank you. It was lame. <laughs> yeah, it it it's it's like exactly in between the like it's less prestigious than the first one, but it hasn't gotten like fun yet. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. I kept it a little bit higher on my list, if only because uh, I wasn't kind of bored yet by some of the like deaths in the franchise. And mm-hmm. by number four, I definitely was bored. So mm-hmm. I was like, this movie, you you suck. <laughs> yeah. And that movie is like the definition of like efficiency. It is narratively spare. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So number four on our list for uh-huh. me is number five, the last one. Really? This most recent one? Yes. Which you gave five stars to. Yeah, it's so, still weaker than the other three, in my opinion. Wow, so we, we love this franchise, I yeah. hear. I went back and listened to all the other podcasts to see my thoughts on it. And Did I, you really? No, wouldn't that be yeah, funny, that though? Yeah, that seems entirely unlike you. <laughs> um, but, like, going through my memories, I do recall having fond memories of the first three. Mm. More so than these last two. Sure. So that's why number five is at number four. Sure. <laughs> and my number four is number four, The Final Destination. Because um, while I will defend that movie for its kind of like daffy charms it's still not good no Um, it's just missing something i think i guess it's chemistry yeah and it's cheap and it Mm -hmm. looks it Mm -hmm. um but i don't know shirtless men wandering around getting their intestines sucked out by pools i'm into it whatever we can hang yeah number three for me is number one oh interesting the first one Mm -hmm. i remember being kind of bored by Clear Rivers. Whatever. I, I, yeah, you know, whatever. What was her name? Clear Rivers? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three is Final Destination 3, which I think is a blast, but I, I think is also just a little, just the teensiest bit chintzier than the other ones. Okay. Um, we can disagree. <laughs> we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I love it. Um, it. It's just, you know, it's part three of a franchise. It's it, It's got a little bit of that diminishing energy to it mm-hmm. um did we get your number yes we did uh, what's your number two my number two is number two <gasps> wow okay so we have really see this is where we're disagreeing yeah like you just you know you have fond memories of it from beginning our franchise um i think the first one uh maybe it's because i've seen it so much maybe it's because uh it's the first one and it's bogged down by its firstness yeah it, it has not amplified it yet because it you know, is creating the thing. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit lower for me than the second one. Okay. Which I remember liking more. Okay. That's fair. Uh, and my number two is Final Destination 5, this mm-hmm. week's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only movie to have a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? <laughs> in the Final Destination franchise. Cool. Um, and I think it, it, I don't, 
look, I love all these movies and I think they all deserve a fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this one is such a comeback from the obvious weak point of part four uh-huh. that like it, it, it's just, it's showing off how good it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I should make a point okay. that for my numbers three and four, that I could kind of switch them, that it was hard to rank number one or number five. I thought they were kind of even. Okay. So you can take that with a grain of salt, whatever. Sure. But now to my number one is okay. number three. Yeah. Oh, with, we we stand Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes, I love the Mary Elizabeth Winstead one. I thought the roller coaster thing was fun. Mm. I th- like most of the other movies. It's you know the logic is a little bit weird, uh, and the rules are not as explicit as in the fifth one, which no, was nice. But, but that one has that fun framing element of them trying to figure out how people are dying from the photos. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good. It's fun. The cast is good. The deaths are also fun. I mean, they're crazy because someone dies in the fucking drive-thru. All the people die in a drive-thru, right? No, just one. Okay. But the engine block from the truck, because they escaped the car, mm-hmm. and the engine block crushes the dude in front. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, uh, the deaths are a little bit wonkier. Not uh-huh. like, but like, you know, they're crazy. Um, and, yeah, that's why I like it. Okay. And my number one is the original Final Destination, um, which I wasn't expecting it to be, but I just I was really feeling it this time around. Um, and I think it, you know, obviously laid out the structure of what these movies were going to be. And mm-hmm. these movies aren't anything without that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we owe it a lot. And I want to pay it some respect. I think that's a fair point. I think for me, what brought certain movies better than others was really like the chemistry between the cast mm-hmm. and what I like why I watched them. Mm-hmm. And I think that the third one probably had the best best amount of chemistry for me. Okay. I totally get that. Um, I, have a, I have a question I did not prepare you for. Sure. Um, what's your favorite of the death knell anthems that we have? So in the first movie, we have like the, the, the songs that are kind of signifying oh, when death is around. Okay. So John Denver's um, in the first yeah, one. Yeah, John Denver's Rocky Mountain High. Um, in part three, we had Turn Around, Look at Me by The Letterman. And on this one, we had Dust in the Wind by Kansas. Um, can you sing the third one for me? There is someone walking behind you. I'll do that Turn one. Turn around. Really? Okay, cool. Because that's my favorite tune. Olay, we keep agreeing. Why? No, well, see, when we were watching it, you kind of thought it was lame, I think. Oh. But I love that song. Okay. It's so good. It's so creepy. I believe you. Okay, thank you. You um, sang it really creepy. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week, but first, how, is you, is how you can get in contact with the show. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review, and give us five stars because we watched five whole Final Destination movies for you. Yeah. Let um, us know if you like Everclear. Let yeah, us let us know, know your favorite you Everclear song. Find out who they are because I'm nowhere closer to finding out who they are. Father of mine, where have you been? That's number two on their most popular. What's their number one? Is it Santa Monica? It's Santa Monica. Yes. We can live inside the ocean, leave five behind, swim out past the breakers, watch the world die. You know? No. They're great. But I, I was in Santa Monica great. the other day. Yeah, it was nice. It was beautiful. Uh, we watched Tigers Are Not Afraid. Stay tuned for that 10-order review. You guys should watch it. Watch it. It's so good. Um, but yeah, anyway. Míralo. Next week, we're watching a movie that's certain to be just as good as Tigers Are Not Afraid. It's Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. <laughs> Why are you going to insult my girl Issa Lopez like that? Uh, no, I, look, I'm... 
It's just a joke. I know. I'm just I'm just joshing over here. You're having a good time. I I recognize it. Thank gang you. recognizes game. Okay. Um this sure I was sure was more excited for this when I thought the first Anaconda was gonna be fun, so we'll see where this goes. I'm excited for it because I don't remember ever seeing it all the way through. And I don't think that I did, which means that it was probably really bad. Yeah, well, I'm sure going to force you to watch it all the way through this time. Now that I have an appreciation for camp, mm-hmm. I think I might like it. Okay, well, we'll see you next week for that. Yeah. Until next time, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Igor. I'm, we're watching that, too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.